Hello, and welcome back to Goat Homeschooling with Erin and Amanda. Today, we have my husband, Joe, uh, on as our special guest. Hello, Joe. Hi. Hi, Joe. <laughs> We're so excited <laughs> to talk to him. How are you? <laughs> yes. I'm sure he's thrilled. Can't wait. Yes. I am. I am thrilled. <laughs> he only made one comment earlier about how it took over a year for us to get him on. So, yeah. yeah. Right. The, so, we can't give cool him too much now. grief. Yeah. Can't give him too much grief about it. Right. Welcome to Goat Homeschooling with Erin and Amanda. I'm Erin. And I'm Amanda. This is the podcast to encourage moms that have been at this homeschooling gig longer than five years and plan on sticking with it through the high school years. The long haulers, as we like to say. We want to help you have the greatest of all time homeschool that meets the needs of your family by encouraging you with real conversations on the issues that pop up as you've been in this homeschool lifestyle for years. So it'll be fun to try and see if there's people out there that need the encouragement and if there's anything that we can do to help others as they get started on their journey. That'd be awesome. That's what we're here for. So I guess we can go ahead and start with what was your initial response when I broached the topic of homeschooling with you? It was over 10 years ago, so my memory is not the greatest. I think it was hesitance because I did not grow up with homeschooling at all. I I didn't know anyone. Um, I was public schooled all the way through. That's all I knew. I was heavily involved in that, which is fine. But uh, when you broached it, we didn't really know anyone then either. Your brother. (laughs) Yeah. But he lived in the Philippines, so they were homeschooling Mm. their kids. So I had only met his brother like one time at that point. Yeah. And I, I didn't see their setup or anything else. Right. So it wasn't completely foreign to your family when we made the decision because your brother already had kind of broken your parents in for Correct. that possibility of right. homeschooling. Unfortunately, we didn't catch much issue from our family, I don't think. Not publicly, no. Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, my cousins were the weird homeschoolers, but my mom would always talk about them being the weird homeschoolers. And so there was, I had that image in my head whenever before we started but yeah so in the philippines is it legal it's legal there it's okay yeah well they also did it in the states too they'd Mm -hmm. go back and forth depending on what each kid needed because he had six kids or has six kids but so besides that um probably hesitance around similar things that most people say well if they're going to be home all day and not around their peers what about socialization and um you know what are we going to teach them and are are you able to do this Aaron? Like. You're not a teacher necessarily. You're great with kids and you've had a lot of experience with kids, but I don't remember being like, oh no, we're not doing this. You know, I was, Mm -hmm. I was supportive. I was open to the idea. I think you mostly wanted me to come back to you with a process. Like, what is that going to look like? Mm -hmm. What kind of materials would we even use? How would we even go about doing this? So I think I reached out to you with knowing that there was one person that I knew and she was moving out of state. And she had homeschooled, but she was also a previous public school teacher. So I told you that I was like, I'm going to go meet with this lady, see what she says. And she was really great about hooking me up with like a book about curriculum and whatnot and pointing me in the direction of the local support group for homeschoolers, which we joined. And I just, I remember that first year telling you, I'm going to every single one of these meetings every month because this is kind of like therapy for me to be able to think that I can do this. And I hear all these other moms talking. So I would come back that first year encouraged from the, those meetings 
with the other moms who would speak that encouragement over that process and, you know, not feeling like I had to replicate school at home and that kind of thing. Right. It was just important to you to know the logistics of it. Like you needed to know the the ins and outs of the expectations and how each day would flow. And that helped you to kind of wrap your head around it. Right. So not being exposed to homeschooling at all and not having any idea about law or anything else. Yeah, it was probably, I'd hate to say an interrogation, but (laughs) I always have a lot of questions about, well, what's this going to look like from a legal standpoint? Can we do this? What does this mean for, uh, what do we have to tell the school and what kind of records do we have to keep? And can we do all this? Is it even worth doing? So yeah, it was very much a practical standpoint. What does it look like? Did you have to go through and and do research on your own, or did you just lean on Aaron to provide that information for you? Uh, fortunately, I was able to lean on Aaron because she had done extensive research in such a short amount of time. And, and like she mentioned, getting involved with the local uh, homeschooling community, which we <laughs> found out to be extensive, which mm-hmm. is such a huge blessing, being able to talk with people right away that had done it for years. I think that helped calm a lot of fears as far as, hey, you, you can do this and this is what it can look like and here's the law and those support groups. So we didn't feel like we were alone. Uh, I think that was really important. Right. Well, and to back up, we had our oldest in preschool part-time three days a week for a couple of years because he has a September birthday. So he missed the cutoff. So he was already going into kindergarten as a six-year-old, not a five-year-old. Yeah. and then. So we had experience with that. And then we lived across the street from an elementary school at the time. So for us, it was like, we're still praying about this decision when he had hit kindergarten age and, you know, just, is this the right thing to do? So we were like, well, we're not exactly sure that we can do this. So let's just send him to public summer school for kindergarten. And in our state, that looked like a full month of June, full-time, you know, nine to four, whatever time the school started all day long. And so we tried that with him. He also has severe food allergies. So we found out he was sitting alone at the lunch table. And that was kind of another part of that decision for us was if he's sitting alone during social time, then what's the purpose Mm -hmm. of sending him all day when he would come home just exhausted? He didn't love it. He didn't love it. Like he, he did okay with it. And the idea of going, I guess he was never enthusiastic about it. And then when we would get him home in the afternoon, he was exhausted and we just felt like we weren't getting the best of him. Right. Which also played into that decision too of like, well, you know what, if we could do anything better than that, then, you know, getting him home all day with us, that might be worth investigating. Uh, Always bothered us sending him to daycare or anything when we both worked full time. Like you just said, we didn't seem to get the best of him. He didn't always get the best of us because we were tired. Early on, we had kind of we noticed that pretty quickly and said, why, why do this? I mean, it, is the money worth it? And it just, it really wasn't in the end for us. Right. We did a whole budget meeting about that and just kind of looked at like, well, if I'm making this amount, but I'm paying for childcare or, you know, is it going to even, even out? And at that point it was like, what's the point? You know, (laughs) we're not really making enough to justify the hundred dollars overage or whatever that we're making. Whoop-de-doo. We can change things. It took no. me a lot longer to learn that lesson. I was I worked for years and had all three of my boys in the summertime childcare, and that was astronomical as to how much that cost. And my entire paycheck, you know, I compared my gross pay 
to what my was paying in childcare and they came out like $50 and that's not even wow. with clothing. And I was driving 26 miles mm-hmm. one way to go. So yeah, it didn't make any sense, but I thought that that was something that we needed. So it took a long time for me to finally come to that realization and you know how God works in that. that It's like he knew that it was going to take a lot for me. And the year we finally decided to homeschool, there was a lot going on that it was like, okay, fine, fine. We'll finally do, you know, so kind (laughs) of went into it kicking and screaming. So I'm glad that you guys had more of a foresight than I did. But I mean, we all kind of go into homeschooling in our own way and with our own plan. But so the next question then is, Joe, have your viewpoints changed in those 10 years uh, from your standpoint of what homeschooling looks like? Uh, without a doubt, yeah. Obviously, coming from very little knowledge about it at all uh, when we first started out, or just a little bit that you gleaned, I think for a while we tried to replicate public school at home, and that was a big struggle. So I think we've really eased up on that. We've really tried to understand, hey, this is about, for one, spiritual and character growth, uh, first and foremost. And that's not necessarily always going to look like here's here's worksheets and here's books, here's curriculum for that. It's a lot of interaction with us and a lot of asking questions and answering their questions and uh, really good discussion, which our kids are pretty good at. We really, over the years, have eased up and realized, look, we're still very much um, within the law. We're still keeping logs of everything. We're still using curriculum and stuff where we need to, but this is a, I don't want to say unschooling kind of thing, but it was trying to realize the freedom that we really have. It's a life school, not necessarily an unschool, more of a life school. Yeah. Right. It was more of a, I think early on, it was kind of like separating our life still into work, school, life outside of school, like as far as activities or sports. And now I've much more adopted a mindset that uh, homeschooling is is very much just a lifestyle. Don't try and separate anything. Try to make yeah. everything a teachable moment, not in a weird way. And I'm I'm hearing that with both of you, that you're in alignment with one another, with how you both kind of view homeschooling. You're approaching it from the same way. And I'm kind of wondering where the differentiation is. You know, is there something, is there some aspect or regard with homeschooling where you feel differently as being the husband and father versus the way Aaron might feel towards homeschooling? Is there any kind of differentiation or do you, are you aligned with everything? I mean, I think we try to touch base as much as possible and we're really busy, but I think we have, I don't know how many countless hours of discussion about our kids and what they need, um, including their education at home but all aspects of what they need. And I think we're on the same page quite a bit. Yeah. Um, do we agree on everything? No. There's some things maybe throughout the day that I would do differently. Aaron's a little more, I don't know. Relaxed. Yeah, <laughs> relaxed or fly by the seat of your pants. I'm, I'm, Yeah, spontaneous. I'm not as much generally. Yeah. yeah. He's more of the list maker. Let's have a plan. Mm-hmm. I'm more of a... Right. Let's do the plan if it makes sense in the moment, (laughs) which can cause some problems. So especially when Joe started working from home more, like he always had some flexibility with his job to work, you know, one day a week or two day a week, sometimes at home. So he would see a lot of the rhythm of our day, even early on with homeschooling. But then especially when COVID put everybody at home all the time, 
he would start to ask more like, well, why are you doing it this way? Or I think that they need to do things this way. So we had a lot of discussion at that point too, of like, well, I do it this way because this is what makes sense for me. Um, we've had some of the conflict came when he tried to schedule my day the way that it would work for him, thinking that was being helpful and it wasn't helpful. And it wasn't like, it was really good intentioned trying to help me because he saw that I was getting overwhelmed, but then his plan for the day overwhelmed me even more. And I'm like, wait a second, let me just figure out my calendar (laughs) the way that I need to work it for the kids. And we'll go about things that way. But I have to add into this conversation right away when we started homeschooling, we were also going through training to be foster parents. Mm -hmm. So from our first year of homeschooling, and we had our license open for like seven years, we sometimes had other children in our home that had a lot of appointments, a lot of behavioral needs, a lot of, you know, court dates, medical stuff. Like they had to go to school. They had to go to public public school. school. So trying to homeschool around all of that was also very challenging. So a lot of, I think, our disagreements on how things needed to happen were also wrapped in the fact that we were really, really in sometimes very high stress situations with the cases that were happening um, with the kids in our home or just the behavioral or how exhausted I was for that, or he was exhausted or, you know, trying to help me in the midst of all of that, because that's extremely hard. It was some of the most difficult things we've ever done. Right. So that shaped what our homeschool looked like too, because a lot of ideally, yeah, I would have a plan, but it would have to change so much because some of the behaviors were really disruptive to, I can't sit on the couch and read to the kids like I want to. So my homeschool had to look different or we'd have to stop what we're doing because we had a caseworker coming over or our licensing worker, or we had to do something training or whatever else. So it wasn't like we could have just like this set school schedule. It was constantly being disrupted, which made it challenging just to get through some of the material sometimes. Um, So we had to be very intentional with our school schedule. You know, ironically enough that our our story is a little bit similar in that, I mean, I've never foster parented, but Um, My youngest, when we first started homeschooling, was in occupational therapy, and he was he had therapies three to five times a week, kind of depending on you know the need. And he had social skills classes and different occupational therapy needs, and so we had a lot of that too. And my oldest son decided he was a freshman when we pulled out, so he and he decided to stay in public school, and so we had him. We had to get out of of that and. There was a disruption of our day with that. And so there are disruptions. And I think that's that's life in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. I mean, it all it, it comes down to those finite points that are different, but that's common, I think, with a lot of homeschoolers. When we're first starting out, we have to figure that out. And when mm-hmm. we first started, Dan was still working in the office. And so he would come home and try to offload his day when we're still in the midst of schooling because a kid had occupational therapy and another kid had to take it with them and it had math frustrations in the occupational therapy office, you know, like, cause we tried to take school with us. And mm-hmm. That doesn't always work, especially when you have an anxious kid, but you know, so yeah, those first few years trying to figure that out is hard. And since Dan has been working at home, um, his eyes have been opened up to how we have actually, and his, his patience has grown exponentially because he understands more. But when he was in the office and coming home, then he would be frustrated because he didn't understand what we'd been doing all day. You know, mm-hmm. so he'd be like, OK, well, what have you guys been doing? And um, if we're playing a game or something, well, that's very much school. 
You know, we talk about game schooling and we talk about learning how to win, how to lose and all of those things. And that was a need that our child had, that he needed to play games in order to learn certain social skills. And so that was part of our school, but he didn't have, Dan didn't have an understanding of that because he wasn't there with OT. You know, he wasn't, he didn't have the opportunity to hear what the occupational therapist was saying and what those needs were. And so since he's been able to stay at home and work from home, just that patience in and of itself has growing and having an, an understanding and his trust of me has grown because we, we didn't know what we were doing. You know, we were kind mm-hmm. of flying by the seat of our pants at the time when we first started. And so he didn't have a trust of me because he didn't know, you know, when we gain that knowledge, then all of those other things kind of fall into place. Now, I mean, I'm that's what I'm hearing you guys saying too. like all of those things have kind of evolved in that way where, you know, where initially you're questioning and then the further down the road you get into it, the the more you're kind of leaning into one another and having a fuller understanding of it. Now, I know that Joe is more involved with your homeschooling than Dan is with ours. Dan is like, unless you want the kids to be stupid, don't let me teach. You know, that's where <laughs> he comes down to it. There have been times that I have forced him into doing science experiments or I have forced him to do certain things, um, play a game with the kids, teach the kids how to play chess. Like, I mean, do something here, but I have, it has to be initiated by me, you know, and say, this is what the, ch- the children need and they need this time with you. So here, go do this. And he will roll his eyes, tell me to shut up and then he'll do it. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it takes some prodding to get him to do it. And so I love Joe's willingness to kind of jump in now with your school schedule and stuff. I mean, are there times that Aaron needs to go run kids to do A, B, and C, and then Joe can take an hour or two off of work and do D, E, and F with the kids that are home? Or how does that, your homeschool day in and of itself, you guys have to work together as co-workers essentially in some of that. Don't you do mm-hmm. that? Some of that? Yeah, very much so. It's it's very much a playing as a team. I think you would be pretty overwhelmed if I wasn't helping. Mm-hmm. Um, I do a lot of things around the house as well. Picking up dishes, vacuuming, making sure the kids get on their chores of all those same things or whatever, depending on whatever the house needs. But I mean, we have four kids, three teens that have all their own activities that have to be most of the time, most nights, someone is somewhere or multiple kids are in separate places. So yeah, we are I'm taking him somewhere or I'm at home with the kids that don't have something getting dinner on the table. If I can, I'm not the cook that you are, but <laughs> it's passable. <laughs> um, so it, yeah, it's very much a team effort uh, as far as academic kind of stuff. Yeah. I've helped out with science, uh, math, is math his especially. subject <laughs> with the kids at upper yeah. level math is a dad. Go ask your dad. I mean, I'll I'll try and help, but honestly, I wasn't that great in math. And that's part of that partnership of, you know, if you're really good at this, then you should probably have more to do with that topic. Mm -hmm. So what would be your advice to a dad or a mom, whatever, that are just starting out with homeschool and aren't really on the same page? Like, what would you say to that dad who's questioning, like, why would you do that? Let's start there. I think that's a big question. There's a lot to that to answer. It's obviously going to depend on the situation, but you guys already kind of touched on it. There is, There has to be a level of trust, well, both sides, but especially the husband that 
it, likely he's the one, you know, as the sole breadwinner now, or or the maybe the wife is able to find something part time, but he's probably not the one primarily educating the kids at home. So there has to be a level of trust in his wife that she's able to do it practically. Like, are the are the kids learning? Are they getting the hours that they need? Are you are you guys following the law of your state? Are you uh, getting the records down that you need? Those kinds of practical things. Then can he trust her to mentally and emotionally handle it overall? Now, obviously, there's going to be rough days, just like he's got rough days at the office or on the job site, whatever, wherever he works. He's going to have rough days, come home exhausted, you know, wanting to throw his hands up and say, I'm done. Well, depending on the husband's job, it could be a lot worse for his wife. A husband has to be very understanding, especially early on. And that doesn't mean that the wife is a failure or that home education is a failure. Um, There's just bad days. Kids have a bad day. They throw everything for a loop. Well, and it took a while for you to learn that too, because I remember coming to him crying a lot in that beginning, being just so overwhelmed with, like you said, not just homeschooling, but fostering at the same time, which is like double whammy. But his response was then, you know, we live across the street from a school, just put them back in school, like not a problem. It's just right there. But then I would be like, no, that's not what I'm saying. I don't want to do that. That's not what I'm saying the solution should be. But guys want to fix things especially if they're having to deal with a very emotional wife who's upset about how her life is going in the moment. So it took a while for, I think, you to understand the solution isn't to quit. And that's not what I was looking for. I was more looking for that support of like, it's just a bad day. We're What could we do differently tomorrow? Or, you know, and sometimes it was a course correction of like, you know, the curriculum that you purchased isn't working. So stop using the curriculum you know, it's a tool and you're letting it ruin your day because the kids hate it. You hate it. It's not easy to teach. Or Or your rigid schedule is a tool that Mm -hmm. was overwhelming you. It was controlling you instead of Mm -hmm. you controlling it. But I think kind of, we've touched on a little bit, but homeschool is definitely a lifestyle. It is a mindset. And I think that goes deeper with uh, married couples is that it, it will just like having children um, or working out various things in marriage that's normal, finances, job loss, or anything else that could be stressful is there has to be a willingness. There, there has to be that basic trust. There has to be that uh, willingness on husband's part, especially to understand and allow for emotional responses and not try to run in immediately and offer solutions or try to fix things right away. A lot of times it, it's just, will you just listen to me? You know, like that's what the wife would say. And <laughs> husbands need to, I didn't always, I don't think, listen well. I just tried to jump to a solution or didn't want to hear <laughs> the emotional outburst or something else. <laughs> just like, well, get your crap together. Like right. uh, we've been yeah. down. Now I've said that before. I think yeah. it's been a <laughs> like, how many times am I going to come home or how many times are we going to talk about? This aspect of schooling or this kid's uh, attitude problem or something else, like, you know, Aaron, what are you not doing to get control of this situation or see a better result? And that's not, I need to keep my wife accountable, sure, but that's not always the best response either. <laughs> I will tell you what least, I said when he yeah, said <laughs> At least not initially, you know. Yeah. yeah. 
I think that's so, so important for husbands, any, you know, listening, if there's husbands actually that listen to our podcast that, um, or maybe the wives as they're listening can play this segment for their husbands. Like it is important and you don't always have to fix things and no. just listening and being supportive and being a shoulder to cry on or, you know, hand her a pillow she can beat up or scream into at the end of the day. That is even more important to have rather than having a solution. You don't have to always have a solution mm-hmm. to it and to well, understand right. and there also, will be bad days. Yeah. Yeah. And the same thing with that trust. If he's going to trust you to do this and you're wanting all of this extra support from him about curriculum. Like I remember that was a big discussion. I'm passing on all this information, like data overload of all these things that I've researched. And do, what do you think about this curriculum? What do you think about this math? What do you think about this history? And he's like, I don't know. I haven't researched it as much as you. So I'm going to have to rely on your knowledge and wisdom and discernment and financial decision on, I mean, that could be a whole other podcast about the financial side of homeschooling, but just, you know, having that level of connection and communication with each other to say like, does he want to know all of the details of what history program we're using and why, or does he just trust that I'm going to teach history to the kids? I'm doing the research on it. And you know, some guys do want to know all of those things because if they're going to spend the money on it, they want to know exactly what it's going to look like and have a lot of control over that decision. So knowing your husband is really key to that part of homeschooling on the trust side of the wife. Right. Yeah, if he needs that, then pro- provide that for him. If he doesn't care, then then don't, you know, beat a dead horse with all the details. Yeah, I, um, it happened to us over and over again when I was researching and learning, you know, reading about Charlotte Mason and, mm-hmm. you know, all of the things. And then I'm like, look what I found, Dan. And I'm like giving him information overload, like you said. And this is what we could do. This is what, you know, and this would only cost this much. And he's like... I'm overwhelming him to the point where he can't physically listen anymore. Like he shuts down and he's like, I can't. (laughs) And that might be where he's at even to this day. Like he has his trust in me to make those decisions has grown, but, and it's, it's a double-edged sword though, because he trusts me that much, but then also he kind of doesn't want to know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he thinks Charlotte Mason is like a friend from co-op or something, right. not some like right, exactly. <laughs> lady from yeah. the early 1900s. And I have to be okay with that too. Like, I mean, if he asks me a question about what they're doing, A, B, and C, then of course I can answer that and we can have that conversation. But I need to know when to, you know, how to temper that and when to, when it's appropriate to have those conversations, maybe what I'm thinking about for next year, you know, and, and what I'm looking at. And then if he wants to know more, he can ask those questions and not necessarily overwhelm him with the information up front. Right. So while we're on the topic of homeschooling and marriage, (laughs) how has this stretched us relationally Mm, with that's a good question. Having the kids home. Yeah, it can be really difficult. Um it it feels like where other other families that don't homeschool, they're able to I hate to say send their kids away, but if uh, the kids are involved in school for seven, eight hours a day, plus extracurricular stuff that the parents don't have to manage, they don't have to pay for besides, you know, taxes or whatever. They don't necessarily have an active hand in all those things. <laughs> it really does wear on us because especially as a team, we do try to help out. You teach certain subjects and if the kids need help with other subjects, I'm helping them. Uh, kind of like we already talked about, 
whatever needs done around the house, we're doing it. So it is really hard to find breaks sometimes for you and I to go on dates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think some of that is we don't have a lot of family that's close or a family that can do that because they have their own kids or they have their own full-time jobs. That's fine. Um, but it's uh, that's probably been one of the hardest things for you and I is to find that time away in the house or especially outside the house for overnights, date nights. That's been really tough. So what are some of the creative ways that we have made time to connect? We'll just be, you know, bold with the kids and say, Hey, you know, basically we've spent all day with you or whatever mom and I are having, you know, it's nine o'clock. We're going to spend time alone in our room, Mm -hmm. you know, watching a documentary or just reading or talking anything that we need to do. We'll try to, you know, slice up some cheese and crackers and sausage and get some wine or something and just have a date in, in the house. Um, Mm -hmm. Anything we can do like that. Or now that they go to a co-op during the day, we've tried to make time to go and get lunch and, and, or go to a a local bakery or coffee shop for, even if it's an hour, something. Mm -hmm. And setting that parameter, like we're not talking about hard things during this time because it's really hard to shut that off when you've got someone, a kid that's struggling through a subject or a character trait that needs to be honed a little bit. It's really hard to take those conversations. You do really need to be intentional about shutting those kinds of things down, kind of compartmentalizing and enjoying each other, talking about, you know, hopeful things or good things, things that inspire or encourage you instead of. Yeah, I know we have to talk about that. I know we have to do this and that. You don't want to feel overwhelmed on your date night. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say along with that, especially if there are husbands listening or whatever else, is that you do, it's really important that you engage enough with your kids and your family and your home and manage it in a way that allows your wife to get out as much as she can. So uh, with her friends, uh, I think it's really important to go to, if there's conference, like homeschooling conferences locally, if there are uh, homeschool groups that meet once a month or something else, like doing everything possible with your work schedule and your energy and time to make sure that your wife gets out to those things, it's vitally important. I've heard multiple times you explaining when you've come home from a get-together or something else that particular mom was like, yeah, I just never get out. And um, this, you know, this is the first time I've been out in like three months or six months. And I'm just blown away. Like, well, why is that? And sometimes it's because the husband is not engaged with schooling. He just, he, he sees himself as the sole breadwinner and he takes that serious and he's working really hard to support his family. And that's all great. That's all honorable stuff. But Honestly, you've got to go a step further and also support your wife and make sure that she is getting out of the house, getting the support and encouragement that she needs from other women, other organizations, other homeschool communities. Yeah, I kind of, I call it um, professional development. (laughs) You know, this is my job. And that's, I think that was something maybe that clicked when I explained it to you that way after, you know, I would come to you very frustrated or upset about my day. And not that you didn't take it seriously. I don't think that at all, but 
explaining it to you in a way of like, well, I wouldn't come in to your office workplace and tell you this is how you should do your job. You know, when I would complain about something not working for me, I wouldn't go in there and say, well, you you need to change this, this is, and this, and this, because you're the expert in what you're doing at your job. And I have to be the expert at what I'm doing in my job. So I think whenever we started like framing it as, you know, yes, I am a stay at home mom, but I also have a very full-time job with educating the children and that is constant. So those traditional roles of, you know, well, I'm home all day. I should be cooking every meal. I should be cleaning every surface. I should be, you know, spending all this time doing all of the grocery shopping and all of those things. I think once we kind of found our groove of like, we're both a hundred percent in our life (laughs) and homeschooling is a lifestyle. It is not just an educational choice. So once we both were kind of on the same page as as that, and that took years to work out, it's not like it happened overnight or right away. We fully understood how involved and how time-consuming homeschooling is. But once we kind of found that rhythm of like, it isn't necessarily all on me to cook every meal and every meal doesn't have to be a gourmet meal. It can be cheese and crackers and fruit. And we all sit and have a picnic and the kids love that just as much as a meal that mom's thrown together over hours in the crock pot, you know? Right. <laughs> There's so much I could say about everything you guys just said. <laughs> well, for years, we didn't have any dates. I mean, there there was probably a stint of 10 years. We've been married 20 years. So half of that time, we have not had any dates whatsoever. So the time that we spend together would be after bedtime. But you have to remember, you know, we've got some special needs kids. We've got, you know, um, one child that did not sleep through the night for seven years. And so I was exhausted and didn't want to go out, you know, and a lot of these meetings are later in the evening than I can. I'm done. I'm spent. Stick a fork in me by four o'clock and you're wanting me to go where at seven? Like, uh, I'm not doing that. So (laughs) if I have an opportunity to sleep on the couch, you know, and rest, then I would take that above going out and having to be social because for introverts, you know, I'm probably more introvert than I am extrovert. Then, you know, going out and seeing a bunch of other women and trying to get support or give support to others was more consuming of my energy than what I had uh, was able to do. So, so yeah, there was, we had a lot of years where we had that and I we don't have the family here either. You know, my mom's been gone 10 years. My dad's been gone five, you know, Dan's family's at least three hours away and we don't have babysitters and we never have. Both of us have the personalities of um, we take everything on ourselves, right? And so mm-hmm. you don't need anybody if if you can just handle it all. It's not something that's good at all. It's very much a negative trait that both of us have, that we just have that tendency of packing on everything on our own shoulders. And so it takes a long time for us to go, oh, wait a second, maybe I have some needs here. And maybe I, we do need to have a date night, or we would just put the kids to bed and go watch a show together or something. And so those were our quote unquote date nights where we didn't get to go out, you know, but those were like things that like stuck with me. It's like, well, there's been years, so many years that we had, didn't have that uh, even as an option. And I feel like that's more common than it is anything Mm -hmm. is that people just don't have that availability. And so even if it is like what you're saying, crackers and wine, 
at <laughs> night or, you know, something that where you're having, it's about the connection. It's not about what you're doing. And right. just like what homeschooling is, homeschooling is about the connection with your kids and the relationship with your kids. And those date nights are about the connection with your spouse. And so mm-hmm. it, regardless of what you're doing, if it, even if it's sitting on the front porch, you know, staring at the stars, that's something. Even with a kid on your lap, that's something, you know. So there's a lot to that. <laughs> well, and I think that what you're hitting on is super important. Like what that looks like for us, and we can describe and be very happy with what that looks like for us. It's going to look different for everyone, but being able right. to understand finding what works for you, maybe mm-hmm. it is closing the door to your room and watching Netflix for, you know, however long, or maybe that is being able to pay someone to watch your kid. Like, like you said, we didn't really have that as an option either, especially when we're fostering and all of that. Um, because a lot of that comes with special needs and a lot of people don't understand what that looks like to take care of the kids in the way that is healthy. So yeah, we're not saying for sure. I don't want anyone hearing because you know, even just having my husband on here, I know that there are women that they don't have the support. I've seen this in our community, like Joe was touching on, that just their husband isn't as engaged or or would like to be engaged more, but has a crazy work schedule and is just dog tired at the end of the day. So we're not saying what we have is perfect. We've definitely, no, definitely honed not. what works for our relationship mm-hmm. to thrive because there was a lot of times, a lot of years where it was really, really not cool. We weren't on the same page. He wasn't understanding where I was coming from. I was, you know, resenting where he was coming from. And, you know, that's just part of that journey with homeschooling. All of those things, it just kind of, it's like a, melting pot of all of the hard things. And when you have your kids with you all day long and you have your husband working from home, everybody's around each other all the time. And so you either figure out what's going to work to make it healthy or you implode. Mm -hmm. And, you know, unfortunately I've, I was just, I think talking to you the other day, how many homeschooling influencers or people that I follow that are, you know, I haven't posted in a while. Um, The single mom thing is really hard and just really seeing a lot of marriages fall apart from these longtime homeschoolers and just wondering like, gosh, you know, what, what happened in that situation? And it could be infinite possibilities, but just even more solidifying to me, like we got to continue to do what's going to make our marriage work as we homeschool, because I mean, we're in it to win it. And (laughs) right. Well, it has to be the right priorities, like in everything in your life. It's my relationship with God's got to come first, and then my relationship with you is second, and then the kids. Mm-hmm. And it, it's very easy, especially if you have a lot of kids, or you throw yourself at your kids, is that those priorities get completely, you know, the kids are first, or the kids are second, and then your marriage is third, or who knows where. And that is just, it can't happen. You've You've got to prioritize your marriage first, or... Maybe if it's not working out, homeschool isn't what you guys need. I mean, if it really is going to, no marriage, I don't think is worth homeschool or something else. Like figure out what works for your family. Don't, don't try and fit, you know, a square peg in a round hole. Mm -hmm. Very true. So Joe, transitioning, what was, what's your favorite part of homeschooling? The top thing. Top things plural. I love watching my kids grow. I love seeing 
seeing what they're learning, you know, here at home. I don't have to always just abstractly hear about it after they get home from school or something. I'm seeing it happen. I'm seeing the growth. I'm seeing, uh, you know, if I walk out, if I'm working from home or something, uh, or or at night even, we've done obviously school at night or whatever, mm-hmm. is walk out in the living room and you guys are having a, a really great discussion on um, some part of history and how that's relevant to today. And just seeing that level of wisdom and understanding growing in the kids where they are able to have great discussions, you know, adult level discussions and think critically. We've tried to, you know, encourage our kids to, you know, really love learning. And I've seen, especially our boys, really pursue a lot of awesome hobbies, Rubik's cube, you know, cube, speed cubing, mm-hmm. um, 3D printing, where uh, Ethan was able to figure out the entire process and and read uh, model things that weren't working for him to get the dimensions that he needed uh, via software that I've never heard of and that he figured out entirely. Like, we're trying to teach them how to problem solve and think critically and being able to see them uh, grow in that is really exciting. And I would say at a practical standpoint, like when we go hiking or we go on field trips, um, we can get out of the house or something else. And I love watching them with their friends or just having conversation with them and building memories on the trail or something else has been a lot of fun. I, you just don't get that freedom when they're, you know, at a public or private school in brick and mortar walls separated from you. I, I love being especially able to see you build relationship with them like you have and know that all the hours we've spent in their presence as opposed to not in their presence, you know, I feel like we can see a difference. It's definitely a, very much an investment in the future. It, it requires a significant amount of time and energy now, but I feel like it's worth that close relationship that you have with your kids and the focus on spiritual and character growth. Those are my favorite things too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we've been talking for like 45 minutes, Aaron, do you want to wrap it up? Sure. Do you have any other last things to say? Any wisdom? Any? Uh, I guess I would just really encourage men that you've, if you're going to go down this route, you've got to understand that it cannot be separated it can't be compartmentalized. It is a mindset. It is a lifestyle. You've got to be all in. You've got to be able to support your wife in this. You have to be understanding. You have to give her space, like Aaron said, to develop herself, to learn how to do it, uh, to make mistakes, that it's not going to look perfect at all. And there's going to be some really rough days where you want to you want to give up. I just be honest. You, you're just going to say, screw it. Let's just send them back to Uh, public school or private school or whatever. But in those times, you got to suck it up. You got to push through and you've got to, at that point, that's where leading your family comes in and um, you got to do the hard stuff and and push through it and and be there for your wife and your kids. And uh, you've got to really engage, not just academically, although that's good. I would encourage you to do that as much as you can, but you've got to engage in field trips and uh, in curriculum decisions and record keeping, making, you know, hold your wife and, and your homeschool accountable, but not in a way that you beat people over the head with it. But, <laughs> um, 
but a lot of it's going to come down to, you know, kindness and graciousness and understanding. But you've you've got to be there. You've mm-hmm. got to uh, engage, I guess. That's all good. I'm going to make Dan listen to this episode. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm going to do yes, it. Tell him it's directed all at This him. is all for you, babe. Yeah. <laughs> you need to listen to every word Joe says. Yeah. No. Not at all. That's Dan's funny. a great guy. Well, and I think that is the beauty of homeschooling is everything he said, it's going to look different for every family, every right. husband, every wife, every situation. It doesn't have to look like how we do it. It doesn't have to be like, you know, whatever. It shouldn't it look shouldn't. like how we do it. Right. We're not don't, giving advice. Yes, please don't follow use method. this or anyone else as a formula. This you, That's another thing I would say is don't compare uh, your wife to another uh, wife, don't compare your schooling to another person's schooling or another home's schooling. Uh, that that is a recipe for disaster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have friends that have a farm that they offer CSA for, and their kids are fantastic at knowing different plants and when to plant things and everything else. And that was one of the things we were talking about recently. Is like if our kids went to that homeschool, they would probably fail because they don't know how to do all of those things. But if their kids came to our homeschool where we're more technology like driven, Mm -hmm. more computer based and whatnot, they might see themselves as failures because their homeschool doesn't look anything like what ours does. But that's the beauty of it. We need all different types of people in this world who have different areas of expertise and for my school to look just like Amanda's school or anything else would just be so boring. And we would all in the world be missing mm-hmm. a key component to what we need to survive and thrive as a community. We right. need to appreciate the differences in our homeschools, mm-hmm. not not compare them. Right. right. Mm-hmm. And it's similar to what uh, a father needs to do in general. But especially when it comes to home educating is you need to be able to tease out uh, what your kids need, who they are, and and help uh, bring that identity to them because they're looking to especially uh, their father to understand who they are, what are they capable of, what God might be speaking to them, and and you've got to be able to provide that. Um, and and your wife also needs you know that I guess call it a mirror or that feedback as well as who am I as a home educator am i doing a good job am i you know do i have what i need mm-hmm. so being proactive that way as a husband and father is is really important thanks for talking with us joe this is super fun yeah don't make it a year till the next episode <laughs> all right we'll see what we can do <laughs> our schedule's getting pretty full mm. um <laughs> you can find us at goathomeschoolingpodcast.com and hope you have a good afternoon and enjoy this episode or evening or whenever you're listening. If you have any questions, you can email us at goathomeschoolingpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening today. We hope you'll subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you'd like to suggest topics for us to discuss, or if you have any questions, find us at Goat Homeschooling on Facebook, on Instagram at Goat Homeschool. And email us at goathomeschoolingpodcast at gmail.com. Have a great day. Thanks for listening.